time since we've done a podcast at least two weeks or so um but because um we've been on a trip and uh yeah we we other people aren't picking up the slack it's all on me now <laughs> i get that pretty pretty busy on the, you know everyone's busy yeah so it's uh it's me and my wife shan hello this is the easiest kind of pod to do because you know we we spend basically like all of our time together <laughs> and uh, you know, anything that happens in my life basically happens in your life as well. Since we're a married couple, we share everything and we just went on my first, our first trip abroad in more than four years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since, uh, 2019, which is, um, the last time you and I yeah, that was even in, left uh, the country. November, 2019. Right before COVID. Yeah. And yeah. then we passed by Wuhan. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and my passport lapsed in, like, 2020. <laughs> and for years, I just didn't, you know, renew it until this year. And um, when I got the passport back, it was, like, you know, that big 52-pager, the new, the big one. And I was like, oh, man, we should definitely, we should definitely go take advantage of this and, and go travel. No, you did not. What do you mean? You, you select the 26 pages. I uh, help you to change it to 52. No, 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 no. I'm saying after I got it back, I was like, oh, we should we should use this. Like, you know, like yeah, I was very course. excited all of a sudden. Because for years I was like, eh, you know, travels to pain in the ass and who cares and whatever. And I didn't have the travel bug. And then, you know, we just go on this really simple trip to Spain, which is your first trip to Europe, which is really Yay. exciting. And um, it was not, I mean, I think... Every trip abroad for me mm-hmm. is meaningful uh-huh. in the sense that it just puts distance between me and home mm-hmm. and, and being here in New York and in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's always important because it, I, I really think no matter where I go, mm-hmm. I, I learn something just by being away from home. You know, whether it's China or Taiwan or, or Europe, you know, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I learn something just by not being here. And and then um, when I come back, you know, like this place feels different. You know what I mean? Interesting enough, because when I, you know, go to Spain, I actually, when I went to Spain, I actually feel like Spain and New York kind of like pretty similar in a way. Yeah. What so, do you mean? Like, you know, like, they have subway system. Mm-hmm. You know, people look kind of similar. Yeah, the styles are similar. Yeah, That's and then, um, you know, like mm-hmm. Spanish. I mean, mm-hmm. you can hear in New York a lot. Yeah, it doesn't feel very foreign, Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they also have museum. Mm-hmm. They also have a central park. Yeah. And they also have a lot of restaurants. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feel Like a Spanish New York? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yep. Yeah, it's but... not that different. I agree. Uh-huh. I mean, the style is a little bit different. The way you eat, you know, it's a little later in the restaurants. Oh, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely. Are cheaper and smaller and more casual. And, the you know, it's just, it's a different, slightly different eating culture than mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah. Which I like. I really enjoy their oh, the yeah, way they, they eat. Oh, yeah, they seem more relaxed. Very relaxed. Right? Yeah. They're more into, like, bar food. 
It's a lot of like just walking up to a bar and ordering stuff. And yeah, I also see a lot of people just go like for drink, yeah. for a drink or two, mm-hmm. and then they just like chatting. Yeah, which is kind of different than yeah, than New yeah. York. Yeah, but New York has a lot of that. I mean, you see people out all the time. But it's not like a huge group of people just like in a circle. Yeah, I see more like you know just like a two three people. Yeah, hanging out. Mm-hmm. But in uh, Barcelona, I see a lot of people just like. You know, hang out together, mm-hmm. and normally they don't they don't gather in the more expensive restaurant. They mm-hmm. more prefer to be like a cheaper place, yeah. Yeah. places, and then that you you will see a lot more people. I will I will say I was, we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. but like I I would say that like um, when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, especially before I moved to New York mm-hmm. or spent a significant time, amount of time here. Um, I was always really fascinated by Europe because I realize now be, more, more because uh, not because of the like local culture, right? Mm-hmm. But more because they live in compact cities, mm-hmm. and I was not that familiar with compact city living. Mm-hmm. And this was true of like going to Asia too, like going to Taipei or going to Hong Kong or you know whatever. It was it was more like I wasn't used to. Um, it was, the idea of people living in a compact city like Madrid or Barcelona was itself very new to me as an American. Because most Americans don't live like that. Most Americans live in these, you know, spread out suburbs and, you know, we drive everywhere. And um, the street life is no, nothing like uh, what you see in cities. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not bustling and there aren't people everywhere. It's kind of dead. Mm. That's most of the United States. Um, and New York is one of the few exceptions. Yeah, New York definitely one of the few exceptions yeah, I really in America. Can, you not, cannot really find somewhere like similar to New York in America. There, there are some places, um, but they're not... Yeah, even, even, even like neighborhoods like in, you know, like Washington where I grew up. Or mm-hmm. like Baltimore, there are some cool neighborhoods in Baltimore, like Canton and Fells Point. Um, Boston has some cool neighborhoods, but even then, it's like just a few blocks. It's not much, and it's always just this one, you know, this one area. Like if it's Austin, it's like six streets, just like that one area where everyone goes. If it's DC, it's like Georgetown or you know or Dupont, mm-hmm. and that's it. And it it doesn't feel like the whole, you know, most of the city is shut down and most of the city's quiet and kind of dead, mm-hmm. uh, especially like a place like Washington. Like, you know, when the work bell rings and everyone, you know, the afternoon bell rings and everyone goes home, mm-hmm. you know, 80, 90 percent of the city like clears out. Like, everywhere, I don't know if that's a number, but like the n- number of people in the city diminishes dramatically at night. And everyone's gone. Yeah, they go home. And then they don't come out anymore. Yeah, they don't. And then the city's dead until it's like a mall. It closes. <laughs> uh, and then until the morning when everyone comes back to work, you know, uh-huh. and then it's just like sort of open for like lunch, you know, for and it's open for business. So uh-huh. Everyone's at work. So, you know, that's not exciting. Like, OK, people are at work. Um, and so that to me was the city was an American city. It was more or less like people don't actually live there. They work there. And then maybe on the weekends you might go because there's a few like museums or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then I went to Europe or I went to 
uh, Taipei and uh, Taipei. And I was like, whoa, people just live here. They just live in the city and Uh they do all their shopping and their living and their, you know, their family. Like when we were in Guangzhou, you know, we just take the bus everywhere to go see your family. And oh, yeah, just a couple, you know, stop, and then we got go to my end place. Yeah, like, people don't get on commuter trains and go an hour to the outer ring of the city and then live in these suburbs. They don't really do that. It's it's really an American thing that we do that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, like, when I, I, I mean, I've, I come from Guangzhou, right? When I moved to New York, I feel like New York actually kind of inconvenient. It's just mm-hmm. way too big, yeah. and things just spread out. Mm-hmm. And um, also, the store closed at six p.m. That's like crazy to me at the yeah. beginning because in my hometown, thing would not close until like ten p.m. or something. And it's a normal thing for us to go to the department stores, something like that, but much smaller scale. You know, in the summertime, around like eight p.m. because we. But them don't really have air conditioner. So sometimes we just go to the store, you know, to, to cool. cool off. Yeah. And then we just shop around. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a really popular thing to do. And then around 10 p.m., we can go to have, like, late night dim sum. Yeah, with my uncle and stuff. So, like, when I just moved to New York, even though you describe New York City as a compact city, but from Guangzhou to New York, I feel I can see the huge difference. Yeah, I mean, even New York is is still very American, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, like New York is still it kind of clears out at night, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing like the rest of the country. I right? know, like, I know. I like mean, Manhattan you, is still you, a very still much a residential. You know, you still have like a lot of stores. Well, like open in the city, and also New York, like Manhattan clears out, but like there's still a lot of residents of of Manhattan. Manhattan is teeming with people all the time, and. Um, those, you know, those are real neighborhoods that people live in. Uh, yeah. And I just wasn't used, you know, I just wasn't used to that. And now that I've lived in New York for like 20 plus years and basically mm-hmm. like any other, like when I go to suburbs, I feel weird. Like it, I'm not used to, like when we go to my parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not used to the idea that like, you know, you're just sort of stuck in this island of a house. Um, it seems like you're just repeating thing over and over again yeah and I, I don't i'm not used to it and now when we visit and i haven't been to europe in ages i don't recall when the last time i was there it's like about 10 years ago yeah i think i went for work i had uh-huh. to go to paris for work uh it was the last time i was in europe and this time after 10 years of not not going to and i used to go to europe a lot mm-hmm. this time i felt like you i was like in a way, I was like, oh, you know, I remember, you know, a lot of Americans go to Europe and they'll be like, oh, my God, the, it's they have these tiny elevators and it's so cramped and every and it's just, everyone's very squished. I was like, oh, this is very comfortable. Like every it's I felt like there was a lot of space and it was a very comfortable city and the subway wasn't that crowded. Have you, did you notice like the subways, the trains came up very often and they were very oh, small. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like these cute little narrow. It's like a mini subway. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. the New York subway is like. Much bigger. Huge compared to this thing. Well, this thing's like a tiny, cute little subway. And also, I don't see that many, like, you know, big people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never that crowded. Like, it, it's just a few people down there, you know? Like, New York, you get you go down and sometimes it's scary. How, like, I, I get off of oh, Roosevelt yeah, Avenue packed. and I'm like, holy shit. You're like, like sardine. 
Yeah, I have to. I'd be like, can I walk to the other side, like down the platform, or am I going to get pushed onto the track? You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to stay put. Oh, you know what? Because Guam, it's a, it looks like yeah, Guam's is crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> but Madrid was like, you know, or you know, these cities like Barcelona, like you go down there and, and you're like, oh, it's so comfy. Possible that we're not like we didn't go out for the peak hour. That's why we didn't see the crowd. Well, we we saw maybe, but we saw some serious crowds in Madrid, like at the Christmas. Oh market. my god! Yeah, yeah, that was before. Uh, that was a weekend. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god! I think we saw like tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. just like in the same square. Yeah, and um, it's just so many of them. I haven't seen so many people for such a long time. Yeah, and that's where we live, and we have to go through the crowd. And yeah, but at the same time, you said that you feel pretty safe because, you know, even though there's a lot of people, there, but there, there, there's a space between people. I thought nobody was acting wild or no, anything. People, like, just, people like, were walking. just walking. Yeah, nobody was pushing. No, no, no. And no, everyone was no pretty crazy. calm. Like, yeah. they weren't like panicking and stuff. And the police were uh, handling it pretty well. Anyway, point being, like, uh, now going back, I'm like. Um, oh, yeah, the city. I really. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a really well-run city, and you can analyze it from as a city guy standpoint. Yeah, to analyzing and not a city. Worship yeah. before you're more like a you know. <gasps> I'm from... like, ooh, we're in a city. Like the city's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, I was just sort of thinking like we can focus more on. I thought it was a very like art-driven trip. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We because really we want to go see a lot like, of art. Three day in. Three different museum. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we actually live really close to the museum. We yeah. can walk there. Madrid is a great art city. I think it's like it. It people should go there for the art. And if and, you're interested in art, yeah. yeah. That's why I feel like a lot of people who go to Spain have said to me that they prefer Barcelona. Though Adam told me because they went to um, him and his wife. He and his wife went to Spain mm-hmm. right before us, and he said they felt. Like, they spent too much time in Barcelona. hmm And I kind of agree. I think, like, Barcelona, you don't need to spend that much time there. Personally, it's, I think... Personally, I don't think you need to spend that much time there. But you know what? There. Barcelona have a reputation for being one of the most romantic city. You know? Mm. And then I go through the article to talk about, like, Barcelona is a romantic city in Chinese. I realize all the stuff they talk about, I'm like, oh, I have seen it in, in New York too, or in America. They're talking about uh, such a nice weather, which, you know, California has mm-hmm. it. And then they talk about beaches, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm like, I mean, well, New York beaches maybe not that great, but I have seen some. I don't here. think Barcelona has like great beaches. I, I don't know where yeah. it is, but um, also I'm not interested in seeing one. I, I know uh, America have a lot. I think the Gothic quarter or the whatever it's called like the old oh, city yeah, yeah, that yeah. part's really fun mm-hmm. because you can get really lost but it in there more like a madrid like a, but even tighter it's even tighter than madrid uh-huh right it's like very the buildings are very close in and there there's some very you know it's not it it's not that authentic actually because they said like actually a lot of that was built in the 19th century it's not that old it just look old. Yeah, they actually built it to look like a medieval city, which is interesting. <laughs> I think they want to attract the, you know, tourism. Yeah. I, uh, Barcelona is a weird city. Uh, so even the Gothic or the medieval quarter, mm-hmm. by parts of it are medieval, but a lot of it was actually built fairly recently. And they built it to look medieval. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and so the, some of the alleyways are intentionally super narrow, you know? Okay. Um, so. I feel like that's a scam. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still hundreds of years old, but like it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, but it, I love it. I think that, I think oh, the yeah, 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 great. yeah, 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 I like it. I like and it. And they have cute, nice shops in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Very nice shops. Though. I actually looked it up on the, uh, like, a Chinese app, and um, I found a lot of, like, pretty cool brand. Yeah. In, in you know, in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool leather brand. I think Spain's a great place to buy. I, I like, we bought shoes. We bought, great I, I place bought, to buy shoes. I bought a bag yeah. for, like, 30 bucks. And great place to buy clothes. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of great Spanish brands. Yeah. It's like the that we don't store have. is kind of like. Not Zara. I mean, you know, like stuff we don't have. That yeah, we don't I heard. mean, the store is much smaller than mm-hmm. the, the place that we shop. And yeah. um, it just seemed more interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the shop, like, for example, that shop that we went into, which is primarily like a menswear shop, mm-hmm. the little one in mm-hmm. the Salamanca area, or mm-hmm. was it a visa? You know, kind of not like central Madrid, but like a little bit out. Oh. Right. Kind We've of where, okay. yeah, sort of like, it felt like the Upper East Side of Madrid. Yeah, kind of like that. And we walked in there, and it was a, sort of like a boutique. Yeah, 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 that's what I was saying. shop. And the prices were totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. Like, mm-hmm. the, like, for, like, blazers for, like, 200 euro. Nice blazers for 200 euro. Which, you know, if you look at prices in Manhattan... First of all, if you found a store like that, I guarantee mm-hmm. you everything in there would like a blazer would would be minimum like eight hundred dollars. They do have very ridiculously expensive shop. Yeah. In Madrid. Like Carmina for the shoes. Yeah, I mean yeah. you you got like two thousand, three thousand. Yeah. Or Loewe. Oh, yeah. well, well, that's different. Yeah. That's a luxury. Yeah. I mean, no, they have high end luxury, but they yeah. also have a lot of like accessible, you know, reasonably priced. Places or like mm-hmm. where I bought those shoes. Oh, what the Kramatis? name I think Kramatis. Something. Yeah, like totally reasonably priced shoes. You uh-huh. know? And so I think Spain is really good for that too. Like, yeah, I mean, it's good for it's good for clothing, leather, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, after you decent prices. After you went to the museum, you kind of got tired. Maybe mm-hmm. you should you can you know rest a little bit and go yeah. shopping. You know to let your brain to relax so that you can get ready for the next day for another museum. Yeah, kind of dawned on me. You know, like all the all the men in Madrid and the women too uh, are dressed very nicely, right? But they don't make a lot of money, so they can't spend that much money on clothes. They just mm-hmm. they don't have the money. And so they they have like brands that are priced for you know Spanish wages, and so everything's just like a little bit cheaper, but the quality or and the look and the quality is still really good. I remember the first time we walk into like a you know random restaurant, mm-hmm. and then um, when I look at the menu, it doesn't really have a price. Mm-hmm. When we ate it, I'm like I kind of worry because it seemed like. We're gonna pay like what sixty buck or something if yeah. we eat that in the same thing in Manhattan. Yeah. But when the bill came, it's also actually just like thirty buck. Yeah. A plot you don't need to pay tip. Yeah. Which it's, isn't it's not cheap, but it's reasonable. You're yeah, I was like, like oh, okay, I was kind of in shock. I'm like, my yeah. first reaction was like, oh my god, the stuff in here is affordable. I didn't get abused. Yeah, by, I was like, know. wow. And then mm-hmm. my second thought was like, huh, I think. You know, people here doesn't make as much as like the American make. Yeah, that's why 
you know, the Retron price is like lower. And then my third thought was like, ah, no wonder why there's a lot of, you know, I heard some, you know, American would go mm-hmm. there for retirement. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Which, okay, which brings to mind mm-hmm. the thing that I really don't like about New York mm-hmm. is that there seems to be, I feel like the city, like all the restaurants and shit in Manhattan which is like why I don't love going out in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I'd rather there's a lot. I'd rather go out in Queens. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest. Yeah. But like, there, there, everything is priced for like a class of New Yorkers that must be making like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more. How many people make that much? Oh, in New York, enough that all those restaurants are catering to those people. I feel like. Really. I think so. And well, not just that, but like a lot of people are. Because of those people mm-hmm. and their willingness to just basically, like, buy stuff without caring about price at all. They just don't care. Like, I know people, you know, people at the firm or, you know, whatever. You know, they just buy first-class tickets. Like, they're going to go to, like, a week-long trip in, in Paris. They will pay $10,000 for the airline tickets. They don't care. You and I were like... Oh, we did we, pay I went like on kayak.com and I was like... <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, we hey, pay six hundred for like less than six hundred. Yeah, yeah, like a bowl weight. Yeah, so you and I, I, you and I, I think paid under twelve hundred. And bucks. we refuse to be paid extra so that we can sit together. Yeah, and then we get separated. Yeah, we're like fuck <laughs> it. We're I'm not. I'm like I'm not paying a thirty five dollar fee just to sit together. Hell no. And then I was that amount like two boys. I don't know which one farted. <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, um, but then, you know, there's this, there are people at the firm and I, cause I heard that I heard this happen. Uh-huh. She was like booking a ticket. I know. She, and she was like, oh my God. She was like, she was talking to her mother and she was like, uh-huh. we could, we could fly first class for like 10,000 a pop. <laughs> and, then th- and then she just booked it. And I was like, you a see, pop, 10,000 a you pop. You see the gap between what the fuck? me and her is like. Our entire trip was like for the two of us was like uh, three thousand bucks or something, right? Thirty five hundred, yeah. Thirty five hundred for seven days. I'm like, that's enough for me to fly to Europe for like what, uh, six hundred bucks? And we didn't slum it. I mean, we lived in like nice. Ap- we we lived in nice apartments. Like our apartment in both places were, it was really nice. Oh yeah, like, I like it. Super nice. I like it. I mean, yeah. the Madrid one is like smaller, but very comfortable. But I really like it. The feel. I mean, I cannot live. In Actually, I like well. that one better. Yeah, I, I cannot live it. Well, we live on the top floor, so yeah. the ceiling kind of low, and then it kind of like, yeah. you know, and um, but it make you feel like you're actually living a compact, yeah, <laughs> places, yeah, and it also I but see pretty, as a but see, as a New Yorker, mm-hmm. when I I think most Americans would be like, oh my god, this is so, it's such a, it's so European, it's so tiny, <laughs> oh, yeah. but as a <laughs> As a New Yorker, I'm like, oh my god, this place has a fucking washer and dr- it has a oh yeah, it had a, a dishwasher, and I was like, it, the, it had it a separate had the washing dish- machine. Yeah, washing machine. I was like, this place is great, and I was like, I know people uh-huh. who have lived in way shittier apartments than this. <laughs> I'm like, this is super nice. Not not like for I wasn't like, ooh, this is super European. I'm like, this is a legit nice apartment, <laughs> but it's tiny. I mean, for an American, it would be most Americans would walk in there and be like. Oh my god, this is so compact. I feel like I'm li- living in a submarine. 
But I was, as a New Yorker, I'm like, oh, no, this I is I like great. it. I yeah. like it. But, I mean, I cannot slide live in there forever. Mm-hmm. But for, like, a trip. Well, given its location, I mean, it was right oh, in the yeah. middle, most like, central oh, part of When you go out to all the restaurants yeah. and you see the, you know, tourist people and then you see yeah. the local people, too. Yeah. They all go there. That's how I feel. Yeah. There's so many, like, yeah. I like that location. So you were saying then, like, you feel like um, uh, when we live in New York, we're basically, like, kind of on a... Oh, yeah. After I went to Spain, I realized, actually, when I walk around with you, you know, either by car or by, you know, on Mm -hmm. foot, and um, I realized when we walking around in New York, it kind of feel like we're traveling. Yeah. Maybe that's why every time when I go out with you, I find it's really fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it actually has the scent of traveling. And also, in a way, it actually feel better because we have a car. We know where we're going. I kind of know what the price going to be. It's predictable. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we can go home. And, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I realized for the whole time that we're going out and hanging out, why we found it very interesting is because I think I'm in the, like, a travel mindset mm-hmm. but i didn't realize it until i went to spain because when i was in spain i'm like well i'm really traveling but the feeling when i'm walking around in spain i'm actually i feel like i'm walking around in new york with you it's the same thing yeah but that kind of brings brings to mind this thing about travel like americans and travel mm-hmm. that i think causes americans to who do travel to have a lot of like wanderlust and they want to travel all the time mm-hmm. is that um i feel like in a way they feel their lives should be like that what travel yeah like like the way they feel about you know when they travel to a city the mm-hmm. feeling that you get being in a, a really lovely city mm-hmm. uh wherever in the world you might be mm-hmm. um i feel like a lot of americans um at some i don't know if they're fully conscious of this or not mm-hmm. but I think that they they wish their life was more like that. Was more like the way they feel when they're traveling in someone else's city in a foreign country. They they wish that their life was more like wandering around in a city. Like that feeling. Like I, I feel like Americans wish they were embedded in you know, in a city that was more lively, that felt more alive, and that they were a part of. Whereas in America, you just don't get that feeling. Oh, even in New York? No, I think in New York, I feel it a little bit. Uh-huh. And that's why I have not left here in 20-some years is because there's not really another place in America. Well, one, I mean, there's a lot of jobs here. But, like, two, um, yeah, there's no... I'm sorry, there's no other real city in America in my... I, if you I, ask I mean, me, there isn't. I went okay. to L.A. Yeah. I walk in there for like half hour. I didn't see a single person. All I saw was like car after car. Yeah. Um, I get depend on the area, but uh, yeah. yeah, LA is LA is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no. I think people go to LA is not a city. Uh, it's not. It's not not in the in the global sense. Like you know, it's its own weird thing. You know, I don't know what it is, but it's not. 
Well, if I... It's not a city in the normal sense. I get because I live yeah. in New York. That's mm. why I feel like... I, I, I like LA. The weather, it's really nice. Mm. And But somehow, when I live, you know, with... My, my college roommate uh, is in LA. And when I live in her apartment, I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of in a village. Mm. It doesn't seem feel like in the city. Yeah, you're not like connected to this living thing, the city, right? Mm-hmm. And versus Madrid is such a it's such a city. Oh yeah, it definitely you know, like a city. Like you go out and the thing that's really sh- like surprising is you look at the map mm-hmm. and everything looks like oh man, we're gonna have to walk really far because it's so many blocks. It's and then you get out minutes. there, I'm like, oh, these blocks are tiny. I, yeah, you know, ten minutes ten away minute walk, from yeah. the museum, of, yeah. you know, Prado, and then maybe like. 13 yeah. minutes away from Sofia. Yeah. You're, you're there, like, right there. And but, also, there's a lot of supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a city, and then... Um, and restaurants. Very I few think. places in America are like that. Department store. Very few. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I don't know what to make of that, other than I think that... That life kind of should feel that way. I think a lot of, like, Europeans do feel that way about their city. I think a lot of Asians do feel that way about their city. Oh, yeah. Remember my um, hometown? Mm-hmm. It's quiet in the residential area. Yeah. But when you go out, it's all commercial. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is, like, the people who live there, you know, they do feel like – I feel like they do kind of feel like every day to them, it is a little bit like the way that uh, an American tourist feels when they're there. Like, that, that newness, the excitement – the being part of the city, like people who live in that city, they feel that about their own city. It's as exciting to them, I think, as it is to the visitors. In a way, like um, sometimes I take New York for granted mm-hmm. until, you know, like someone from out of town comes mm-hmm. and then you show them around the city. Yeah. And then you get excited about it again. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, like. Uh, oh, because you can see the city from their eye. Yeah. And suddenly you're kind of excited about your own city again. And you're kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe you I learn take something new. New York City for granted. Yeah. Because I remember, um, you know, um, mm-hmm. I met a girl in mm-hmm. the Grand Central, you yeah. know, the doctor friend. Yeah. And, and I remember, well, I just randomly met her and I just saw her around. And, um, well, before that, we were strangers. Um, and then she looked at the map, the subway map. She was like, it is so complicated. I'm like, really? I told you, New York City has a super yeah, but, complicated but map. At yeah. that time, I yeah. got so used to it. I'm like, no, it's pretty easy. I'm like, you can go da 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 da. But she's like, but don't you feel like very complicated? Yeah. I look at it, I'm like, oh, maybe you're right. It does it seem pretty yeah. complicated. Yeah. But because I live in here long enough, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But. Only to the extent of like the subway that I'm familiar with. Yeah. But if you're talking about you know somewhere that I'm not familiar, maybe I found it a little bit. Yeah, know. that's the thing. Visitors, I love uh, hosting or showing people around New York uh-huh. because it gives me an excuse to just appreciate the city again. You know? I guess in a way, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't know. The it's sad, but like default mode is like you know we just sit in our apartment or stay local and just do some chores and get, you know, and we don't really, I mean, cause you can't be like in tourist mode all the time, <laughs> you know, like most days are just sort of like regular days. Well, when um, I go to work. Yeah. Yeah. But when I hang out with you in the city, I kind of <laughs> tourist mode. Yeah. We kind of go, we, I mean, I think more than, mo- I would say more than, well, I don't know. 
I mean, maybe I'm in more like a tourist mode than you because I'm in the passenger seat. Mm. And you're just driving, and you need to focus to avoid all the shitty people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, whoa, look at this! Hey, hey look at that! <laughs> yeah. Though there, there are days where I just like want to do tour, like I want to go to like Katz's Deli, you know, where I we, we ended up at Sarge's instead because Katz's is, is oh my ridiculous, God, so many but. People. Yeah, it was like that day when, remember when Dan and um, Phillips were here shooting, we had to like take them to Harlem at like six in the morning. Oh, yeah. And then we we're like, ah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do a Manhattan morning. So we yeah. went to like Rockefeller Center. And then we went to, uh, we went to I get, we went to start. I like at that time because yeah. there's a lot of tourists walking around and that's yeah. what we are doing the exact same thing. We went to go see the Christmas tree. We went to Sarge's. Then we went. Then we went thrifting. Remember, we went to the flea market over in Roosevelt Island. Oh yeah, I found that really interesting because normally we go to Roosevelt Island at the nighttime. Yeah. And then that day was one of the few days that we yeah. actually, you know, yeah, and go then, under the broad daylight. We saw all the seagulls standing, and yeah. then we we're like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> yeah. And then we found a fleet market and we're like, yeah, yeah. I think by noon we're like, oh my god, I'm fucking exhausted. Uh, yeah, we and then we just went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I guess my point is that um uh that life in in uh the America mm-hmm. is is sucks. Oh. I'm sorry, it sucks. I think most of America is kind of a sad landscape. Hey, you know and what? it's not it sucks. I love it. Chinese international students said the same thing. About America? They was like, I didn't realize America is like so... Dead. Just like, it's just different. Because they thought America is mostly like New York. But then they went to other places. They actually go to other places. They're like... Sucks. Hey, how come it's very different than what I thought? America sucks. I don't know what to say. It's not... Well, it depends. Some people... If you like... You know, the, the people who would appreciate America the most... Uh-huh. Outdoors. If you like the outdoors, America is great. If you like um, par- big parks, if you like, em- you know, empty skies, and you like majestic mountains and uh-huh. all that stuff, America is great. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you like living in vibrant cities and, you know, uh, really strong history and culture and you know america's dead i'm sorry but there's not a lot going on here new york's fine new york is one of the few exceptions but uh you know and i've been all i haven't been everywhere in this country but i've been a lot to a lot of places mm-hmm. and america is amazing mm-hmm. if you like remoteness mm-hmm. and natural beauty then america is awesome mm-hmm. but if you like if you like art mm-hmm. and culture and uh, if you like big or, com- you know, sort of teeming cities with, you know, lots of nightlife and you like a lot of human activity and you like bumping shoulders with other people, America, not so great. There's only a few spots where you could really get that done. I think America have a lot of museum. Not like. Not not like the Prado and stuff like. Well, that different. It started with them. There's only a few museums in America that I truly want to go visit. Oh, you say one in uh, Out, outside of New York? Yeah, uh, Art Institute of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Just the Art Institute of Chicago is the only one I really want to go to. Because there's a lot of good one in New York. There also there's a tons of them in Washington. You have to grow up in museum. Yeah, I would not quite classify. I'm talking about art museums. Mm-hmm. I would not quite classify the National Gallery of Art as a as one of the essential art museums. Well, at least you can get some, get a taste of it. Yeah, I, I would say though that uh, East, yeah, the National Gallery of Art is great. Mm-hmm. Because the buildings are great, mm-hmm. they're wonderful buildings. The mm-hmm. East Wing is awesome. Mm-hmm. The West, the the uh, the original is really beautiful too. But I don't think they have, I don't think they have great collections. Maybe it's hard. It's, they're not. They're not bad, but they're just. They're, it's not like when you you know how the Prado like, it's amazing. But the painting all like in Europe at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's just. It's amazing. That's so, the, so that's they the have point. like eight thousand six hundred paintings in that that's, museum, and yeah. I think they they play about like one thousand eight hundred. I think that's what they mean. Yeah. And you walk, we walk like five to six hour. We can. You said we barely saw like thirty percent of them. That's why I want to go to Art Institute because it has a. Uh, the main reason is because I want to go see the Nighthawks. I've never seen that. Ah. The Edward Hopper. Uh huh. That's like. That's like the or Garden of Earthly Delights of like American painting <laughs> or like oh. it's like the Mona Lisa to me of American art. It's mm. it's the it's the most American classically American great painting. Oh, I think one thing it kind of like I feel amazing in Prado is they actually have a Prado Mona Lisa, yeah. which like. They also let you to watch like really closely. And because when we went to the Prado, because we were so close, so we got there pretty early. And there was a, not that many people there. So when I look at the Mona Lisa, I'm like, wow, it actually feels quite amazing. I can understand why people like the Mona Lisa anew. That, you know, the, 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 the real one. So, yeah, I found it pretty interesting, actually. If you... Like some painting, that means you can, you know, if you can find connection, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Go to the most amazing part of that, the Prado, mm-hmm. to me, is the Goya. Oh, yeah. Goya yeah, I remember. I love Goya. Goya, he, interesting. Yeah. Because he, cha- like, he just changes. You cannot so tell that that's what he would That guy was on like a journey, man. <laughs> earlier yeah. and late. It's, like, very different. There's a room called the Goya Black Paintings mm-hmm. where it's almost like kind of like a horror show. You know, it's like a horror movie. He's like became a horror director later in life. And they're basically just these horror paintings. And he he was living in this remote sort of estate, this house. And he was, wasn't he like going blind? Uh, no, he was going deaf. He lost his hearing. Oh. And he was living like, I think he was living alone or something. He's just in this kind of like, house and he's painting I thought he lived with another woman oh did he well in his painting there was a woman I don't know if she lived with him but I, I, I think, think she visited him I think he said something about like companionship and stuff okay well so but he's in this house and um not in the city like on the outskirts of the city and he's just painting on the walls 
and he's painting these very scary paintings. Like, did you see that one where like there was like a black cow, like a bull or something, mm. or a goat? Was it a goat? Mm-hmm. And then these people who looked insane. Oh, you like, mean the wor- big one? Yeah, they're all big. And then, but they were like worshiping this goat. No, it's much bigger, right? That one. Yeah, that one was a bigger one, and it was like all these insane people. Sort of, yeah. The they were like devil. A, they were the fake had a twist. Yeah, they looked like zombies, and they were like um, worshiping this black goat. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, right. and and then they had like this young child that that they, one that was were, the only one that looked kind of normal. Yeah, so th- you don't know if they were gonna sacrifice the child or like no, they're talking about something. do something. Yeah, it was really creepy. And then of course they have the um, the dog the dog. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the dog. He it's just this dog like floating in the middle of the ocean. I, I thought the dog was behind a rock. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, the dog it was like fighting for its life. It was like in the ocean, oh and its only God. its head was above water. Okay, it was a very cute dog, but like it's horrifying. It's like just this oh. dog lost in the ocean, and um, so he's painting these really scary paintings. Or oh, Saturday, on the wall. On the walls. And then the, some guy who loved Goya bought the house and then cut the murals off the wall mm-hmm. and then transferred them onto canvas. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, they're all collected into this one room in mm-hmm. the Prado. Mm-hmm. And it's so frightening to me. It's a frightening – just the idea that these were on the wall. He was painting this on his in his house. He looked at it all the time. Yeah. Can you imagine? And then just two, you know, two rooms away – you know, he's painting official portraits of the king, uh-huh. you know, and they're in this very st- sort of stiff sort of, you know, court, you know, portrait. And then you go two rooms down and he's it's like it's it's like the exorcist or something, you know, it's like really scary. So great. It's an art lover's paradise. Yeah. Yeah. And Reina Sofia and the Picasso, uh, the Hornica is worth seeing, though. It's not my favorite. Uh, but it's like, you got to go see it. Oh, the Bosch Garden of Earthly Delights at Prado. Amazing. The the Bosch triptych. Yeah, that's what people going for. That's, I think, the number one painting. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the Mona because Lisa you, of Spain. Because, or of Prado. Yeah, 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 because you can tell because by the number of people. It's beautiful. It's so old, too. It's like from the 1500s. Uh-huh. And the colors are so vibrant. And the the... The weirdness of it is very modern. Like, it looks like modern art. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's so weird. I don't know. Like, you look at it and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what are these pink globe-looking things and these blue globe-looking things? And then, you know, and then, just, like, there's... Oh, yeah, you're wondering. so weird. It's so, you're it's wondering like, if they travel, you know, to the future and then come back and do everything. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's mm-hmm. such a weird painting, and but it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and and it's like you're kind of like you feel like you're um, like on some kind of drugs or something. When you're looking at it. You're like, Was you. I, I feel like I'm watching some sort of movie. Yeah. But like a very artistic one. They don't just tell you what's going on. You yeah. need to kind of figure out what they're doing. Just, I mean, look up if you're not familiar with it, listener. Go to. Just look up Bosch, B-O-S-C-H, Garden of Earthly Delights, mm-hmm. and just look at that painting and and read up on it. It mm-hmm. is so weird, but also amazing. 
and you can get up very close to it. Oh yeah. And you know, it's not like the Mona Lisa in the Louvre where you it's like behind. Oh, you can see three feet of glass. People had. Yeah, this thing is just right there. Yeah, it's just right sitting right there. This five hundred year old painting, you know. Yeah, sometimes I'm afraid if someone like you know push me, I would just fall right in front of yeah. the painting. Yeah, how close it was. That's what I love about that museum. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They yeah, really, yeah. you know, they really let you get close. Yeah, and, because uh, when when I get close, I actually can, you know, kind of see what's going on. Yeah, but too far away. I'm like, what am I looking at? And then, uh, yeah, uh, if you love painting. And, you know, the other thing is, like, when you're... Because, like, what I love about Prado is it just does painting. It's not like the Louvre or the Met or the Oh, British yeah, we Museum. talk about that. Yeah. When you there's talk a, about Met, it's kind of like a department store. It just have everything in it. Yeah, it's a department store. It's, it has everything. It has a temple, uh, an Egyptian temple. It's got furniture. It's got ceramics. It's got weapons, you know, all this stuff. Uh, but the Prado just pretty much does painting. There's... There's only a little bit, few statues? things. There's a few couple statues, but there's no like. That's not really why you go. It's it's a painting exhibit. It's an exhibit for painting, and if you love painting, then paintings, then that's the place to go. And when you're surrounded only by paintings, don't you start getting that feeling like these were the movie directors of the day? Mm-hmm. Like Rubens to me is like a Paul Verhoeven or something like. <laughs> The guy who did like, you know, RoboCop or something like uh, super like Rubens is a classic. You know, he's like a Harvey Weinstein kind of guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he he's like a Verhoeven, like oh. all of his paintings are there's nudity in them for no reason. It, uh, all the women, their breasts are hanging out for no reason. It, it, remember, yeah. I looked up her his information later yeah. after you told me. You feel like he's kind of like, you know. A Hollywood her, director guy? Yeah. Her, like, yeah. And now I was like, oh, yeah, he actually married a 16 years old. Yes. Yeah, when he was 54. Uh huh. Yeah. He, I guarantee you, he had the same uh, personality as like a big time Hollywood producer. Or like Holly, <laughs> Holly, you know, like a. Like a Don Simpson kind of guy. And then every time, you know, and then he dominated painting because painting was the entertainment of its day, you know. Oh, and wow. then he was like, you know, more tits, more violence. Every, you no, know, from now on, every one of my paintings is going to have a person with their head cut off, you know, like, and then, you know, like there was that one painting where it was, you know, the story was so, it was like something out of like a, like a, um, you know, uh, one of those, what's his name? Are you talking about the Bible? Quint, like a, no, these aren't biblical stories. I mean, no. some of them are. Wait, wait, someone like, got the head cut off or something? This is, yeah, this, well, that's the St. John story. Yeah. But then there's another one where I guess he just couldn't get enough of the beheading stuff. So instead of the beheading of St. John, it was like the beheading of like Tiberia or something like that. You look it up. Rubens, you look up like Rubens Tiberia, T-I-B-E-R-I-A. And it was like, the story is su- something straight out of like a Quentin Tarantino film or something. It was like the king had an affair uh-huh. with his wife's sister. Uh-huh. And then in order to keep her silent, he had her cu- tongue cut out. But she was able to communicate it to her through some, I forget how she ended up telling the sister, his wife. And so they decided together to get revenge on the king by killing their son, her own son. And then serving his meat for dinner. 
And then after dinner, there was a second course. And that's when, when they opened up the platter, the, you know, the cover, mm. it was the son's head. And then that was the way the king knew. Isn't that, he, that the Game of Thrones? Yeah, that's, that yeah it was Game of Thrones. And then so the king at that point knew that he had just eaten his own son. And it was like sick. He was getting sick. And he was terrified. And so the painting was of the very moment when the king sees the son's head. And he's about to throw up. And then you look at the two women, his wife and the sister that he rapes who cut the tongue off. And both of them, their, their breasts are hanging out. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why, <laughs> why are the breasts hanging out? Why are they not yeah. wearing anything? And I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is a stupid story, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean anything. It's just gross. But you made it. Well, it's, well, well, because but it's, remember the people said why people like Game of Thrones because yeah. of stop porn? So Yeah, it was all, yeah. So he's basically just Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's Rubens, you know? And you're walking and you see, you know, when you only see paintings... And you see, like, their collection is not, you know, it's like, you go to American collections, they'll have, like, one Van Gogh, or they'll have one Monet, or they'll have, like, one Renoir, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're, you you know, it's bullshit, because you're kind of sitting there and just kind of worshipping the, um, the, the artifact. Like, you're just kind of, like, amazed that you're in the same room as a Van Gogh. Like, when you go to... MoMA and you see the starry night mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like being near a celebrity you're like oh my god it's the starry night I can't believe it you know you look at it and I didn't get that feeling when I look at the starry night even though I like it so much the first reaction I have like oh it's so small well I so think small? I think part of the problem is that um they only have really like that one van I think they have a couple I think they also they have like have the sunflower. Yeah, they. I think they have a couple Van Goghs, but the, it's not a great. They don't have a great collection. I mean, they happen to have Starry Night, which is amazing. But you don't. You're not in a room full of Van Goghs. You know, it's kind of hard to feel when you don't have enough. Yeah. Now I went to a Van Gogh exhibit once in D.C. where they put together all the Van Goghs, and um, it was too crowded to really appreciate because mm-hmm. he's such a he's such a celebrity. It's such a celebrity name. But, like, you just don't – when you're at the uh, Prado and you're looking at just room after room after room of Rubens where I'm almost sick of him. Like, I hate Rubens. I've always hated Because Rubens. you're like, I watch too much porn already. Yeah. It's, it's like – I dude, this is – it's like watching, like – Porn duck. No, it, no, it's like watching those uh, 90s. It's like watching Bad Boys and then watching uh, The Rock – and then watching God in 60 Seconds and then watching Con Air, you know, you get sick of it. And but that's the thing. It's like um, you start to understand him more. Uh-huh. You start to understand. I'm like, I don't have to worship this guy. Uh-huh. You, like I can have an opinion of his painting. Uh-huh. And he really reminds me of like a Hollywood asshole. I don't like these paintings. But it's in a way I kind of it makes me uh, appreciate the painting more because i'm like oh then you start to see you know like this is a this is like this is this is hollywood this is hollywood you know like how um everyone paints a passion of the christ um every great painter has to do a passion of the christ you know you said that it's like a mandatory homework yeah it's exam for them to pass that's like a superman or batman you know how like they keep remaking there's another superman coming out (laughs) Uh, James Gunn is directing another Superman, and it's not 
the it's not what's his name. It's not that guy that's been playing Superman the last. It's a new Superman. Uh, there's you know Batman. How many? Now fucking you're people? gonna have a Superman with green underpants. Yeah. <laughs> how many fucking Batman have there been? You know, so a many Spider Man too, or Spider Man. You know, they keep. It's like the story that keeps being remade and rebooted and. That's Passion of the Christ. That's like those, or or the you know the um, the beheading of Saint John, or you know whatever. Some of these biblical stories were the Batman or Superman, where like every painter had to do their version of it, you know. And so, and, and then they get more and more dramatic, and you see over time like they're improved. They're trying to one up each other, and they just get more. And you know, some of them look like they're lit up, like a Hollywood movie is lit up, mm-hmm. you know. And the it's very dramatic, you know, like the posing and the. You know, it's like melodramatic. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> and then you start seeing these paintings and they just become more and more ridiculous. And sometimes you have to laugh. Like some of these portraits of the kings, you know, with like the the white horse. Oh, my God. On yeah, its two legs like... and it has a perm. The oh, ho- and the horse had perm. Yeah. The funny shit. It's like actually permed the horse. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I think I one, thought... of, one of the Spanish kings is like. You know, he's wearing a wig and he's on his white horse and the horse is a perm. And then there's like a there's like a naked angel. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It's like, like, yeah. it's like playing the trumpet. And you're like, you look at this. You're like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> this is your this is your official portrait. You have a naked uh, ain't like baby angel flying at you with a trumpet. And your horse <laughs> is on its two hind legs and it has a perm. And you're wearing like. The fur of what animal is that? I don't even know what animal that is. Like, what the fuck is this? You're like, no wonder why the you know the dinosaur would collapse. <laughs> yeah, I was like, please, like you must be like the last of your line, right? Or like Louis the Fourteenth. I mean, if you think Trump is like narcissistic, I mean, the Louis the Fourteenth stuff is so. Be- you look at this stuff and you're like, you can't be serious. Remember, like, there was one where he, the painting of Louis the Fourteenth, uh-huh. he commissioned it as a gift to, to as a gift to oh, his grandson. Oh, I remember you told me that. You're like, oh, that's the painting you want to give it to your grandson. Can you imagine if your grandfather, uh-huh. as a, as a very like you know big gift, mm-hmm. gives you a painting of himself, <laughs> 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 and it is an absolutely ridiculous painting. Uh, <laughs> You know, you go, you look at this stuff and it's just so entertaining. And, but I think you have to get out of the, what I don't, this is the reason why I don't, American museums, I think, tend to, they really foster too much worship of art. Because I think like in America, we worship European culture. So like we go, you know, it's like rich people go to the MoMA or very cultured people go to the MoMA and they're like, ooh, it's so, ooh. You know, and they have all these facts and stuff. And then, you know, and then everything's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go to the Prado and you really, you literally, some of the paintings, you're like, this painting is trash. <laughs> like, this is clearly I... trash. Like, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the technique is amazing. But I'm like, this uh, uh, this has to be seen as like Hollywood B-movie shit. Like, mm-hmm. there's enough, this is a ridiculous painting. Mm-hmm. I mean, be a person. Look at this. Look at this honestly. This painting is ridiculous. But I thought a lot of people thought that they go to the museum because... Well, the painting in the museum is for you to appreciate it. Therefore, they don't really have the mindset to be, you know, criticizing it. 
but but that's some that's the funnest part of it is being critical of stuff you know i mean like we like when we watch movies like a lot of times people watch watch movies and they're fully know that the movie's not going to be good and they laughing like when we want go to watch like top gun oh we, we were like, laughing at uh the mission impossible yeah mission impossible it's ridiculous it's so stupid you know we don't you know we would go see it we didn't see we we saw top gun and I, I don't I know it's gonna be dumb. I know it's gonna be silly. Like, I didn't know it was gonna be silly though. Okay, but I mean it's ridiculous it's a ridiculous movie. And the part of the fun is going to the movies and participating in in tearing stuff apart where you're like, this is this is so stupid. But Wait. it's fun, but it's still fun. Uh-huh. It's it's well done, you know, just like that those portraits of the kings are well done. Philip the second or you know whatever it's well done but it's ridiculous you know but the king doesn't feel like that ridiculous yeah, that's, that's why what, they that's allowed so, the painting to be there that's what's so and now hilarious people are all laughing at but it. that's like trump you know like trump has a painting of himself at, at mar-a-lago and he's like way too handsome <laughs> you know like and it, <laughs> it's does? yeah he has a painting of himself and it's ridiculous <laughs> And and Did he have a horn with fern. <laughs> I think there is a horse in it or something. Oh my god! <laughs> and or, or something or a boat or something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. And um, but but part of the fun. I mean, at that time, must have been like the, the king is ridiculous. I mean, they must have at some point felt. You know, they're capable of feeling. You know, I think like we think like people back then just didn't have a sense of humor or they weren't sophisticated enough to see past this shit. Mm-hmm. I think they did. I I think you look at some of these paintings, and I think people were probably like hiding. Laughter. I think it depends, and some people may actually see it. Yeah, I mean, some people were so probably worshipful that they didn't quite see it. But I think a lot of people probably were like, "This painting is absolutely ridiculous." I mean, oh, well, on. yeah, I, even like me have like you know doesn't know much about painting. I remember when I look at Goya's painting of uh, Empress. Remember what I asked you? I was like, "Hey, how come she looked like?" Our next door neighbor, that bitch, could throw garbage well, at us. Well, so the theory was that Goya was actually making fun of the royal family. Yeah, and then he you're hated like, them. yeah, that's why because he making fun. I'm like, yeah. oh, no wonder why she looked like a bitch. Yeah, you know the one uh, I forgot the name of the king. I think it was like Charles, one of the Charles, <sighs> King so Charles, something. But like of Spain, uh-huh. Charles of Spain, King Charles of Spain. <laughs> you know any Spanish guy named Charles? Or anyway, so. Uh, he, there's, there's that one, we saw it, uh, it's actually in the room, like, right before the, the black paintings room, and he paint, remember I told you, he painted himself into it, kind of like Velasquez did in Las Meninas, mm-hmm. where he's actually in the, there's a self-portrait of him in the painting, painting okay. the painting. Okay. Uh, and you, if you look at it a little bit carefully, you kind of see that he has a look of, like, fucking kill me you know like <laughs> he he painted himself i'm like he's looking at you the viewer going like can you believe these fucking losers <laughs> you know and then they all kind of look like dumbasses okay like the king kind of looks like a dumbass you uh-huh. know they're not you know and he's got that that face of just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> and the beautiful thing is like later he just you know when you see what he really wants to do uh-huh. he's a totally different He's got very modern ideas. I mean, those paintings in the the black paintings, and as well as the one you know 
um, when um, they sort of he became sort of like a photojournalist type, uh-huh. you know, where he was. Oh yeah, I, I forget the name of the one, but you know, the very famous Goya painting where the 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 guy's being uh, about to be executed by a firing squad. Uh huh. And you can see, like, you know, he um, had very different ideas in his mm-hmm. artistic mind about what he would prefer to paint. Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. a very modern, you know, like, as a... Well, I think when you say modern, it just means that we actually have, like, very similar ways of thinking. Even they, he, it's like, like, what, 500 years old? Oh, Goya? Uh-huh. Goya's not that old. Uh, uh was in the 18th century. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so like three, four hundred years. Right? I'm yeah. close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe closer to three hundred. But like so. Um, but Goya, like he, you go see some of his paintings, and uh, you could see how probably the visions that were in his head were not all that different than like some modern kind of avant-garde filmmakers like a you know like a david lynch or something like that Mm -hmm. or like a i don't know um i don't know i'm just like you just got to see the paintings and see like the kind of very psychological and or maybe like a almost like a sometimes i think of like um like the japanese anime like the miyazaki type stuff Mm -hmm. you know miyazaki's creepy you know like some of this stuff is pretty creepy, like uh, Spirited Away. There's some pretty creepy shit in there. Mm-hmm. You know, people turning into pigs mm. and, uh, because you know. Because they ate too much. Yeah, just, and that, that old woman, you know, that creepy old woman. Oh, yeah. With a giant the... baby. Yay. Yeah. Where the hell did they get the idea come from? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of the Japanese anime, uh, there's that other guy. I forgot his, I forgot his name, but he's uh, the guy who did like Paprika and Perfect Blue, but like very creepy. And you look at Goya, mm-hmm. and you you know that you see that one with the flying sort of witch thing. Yeah, you know? it has an anime look. Remember, like, and in the background, there's like this fortress mountain, uh-huh. and she's like flying towards the mountain. Uh-huh. Uh Or there's that other one with the four. Is it like the three or four? The fates, the the women who are the fates, and they 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 one has scissors, and the other has thread. Uh huh. And, you know, when she cuts the thread, that's when you die. Mm-hmm. And so he had, like, the three face. I don't know. It just felt kind of like an anime mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like, in a way, he had the same sensibilities as, like, some of those anime directors. Ah, you see the painting like you're watching a movie. Yeah. And, in fact, the the uh, aspect ratio of it is kind of, like, cinematic. It's kind of like a 2.35 to 1 type movie screen mm-hmm. type, you know, where it's a lot wider than it is tall. And um, a lot of the a lot of the Rubens started to become like that. They were really wide, mm-hmm. and um, they started to look like movies because uh-huh. they had to tell they needed space mm-hmm. to show the movement, and mm-hmm. the stories tend to be side to side. Mm-hmm. And so you get a lot of these paintings that suddenly you realize you're like, oh my god, that's the same dimensions as a movie screen, mm. and it it's uh, it, it it looks like a still from a movie. You know, and when you go see a lot of these paintings, you start to realize, like, they just, they were the Hollywood directors of their day, Mm -hmm. but they did not have the technology to do moving pictures. So Mm -hmm. they had to jam as much information and action into one still frame as they could. 
So to to let you understand what they're trying to say. To let you, yeah, exactly. You know, and then and, you need to kind of imagine the story yeah. based on what they tell you. Yeah, and they tell you they they film the most dramatic. They it's a two hour movie, and they in their head they pick the single most dramatic it's, it's, and culminating moment uh-huh. and to they grab paint, your attention yeah, and they paint that and then in a way they're kind of like i'll paint this one scene uh-huh. this one still uh, this one sh- frame of the movie and then you can imagine you know all of the other parts of the movie you can imagine the beginning and then you can imagine what happens after this do you think that people bet them actually more like creative because they oh, yeah. need to guess the yeah. meaning of it. Yeah. They need to kind of make a connection with the painter. Yeah. And I think actually that we invented film because that's kind of or was the dream. Because I think paintings were in a way like um, making us think in term like we had mind movies. Like these paintings are kick- are were mind movies, you know. And I think that the dream was to eventually make a movie. Mm. That was they were they probably at some point they were probably already dreaming that, like you know, you know, and 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 you could see some of the stuff. It really looks like a still from a a film, you know. I'm wondering if the Goya black painting they can actually connect into like one big story. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh, yeah. People should look that up too. You should. People should look up the black paintings mm-hmm. by Goya. Um, and but you but you got to really see it. They, I mean, the Prado's got them all in this one creepy room, and it's just wonderful. It's such a wonderful, weird, and unexpected thing. And when you're an art lover, you know, I think that part of loving art is like letting go of the worship of art. As this highly cult, you know, because in America we think of European art as like very cultured. Mm-hmm. It's not cultured. It's crap. Rubens is crap. Okay. <laughs> Goya is crazy. <laughs> and he's also kind of an asshole, you know, like when he was painting, you know, he's funny. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's not it's not always high culture. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of this is shit. Like the, some of the portraits of these kings are, it's ridiculous. I think they intentionally do it. That's why you yeah. were laughing. It's You're like, Donald what the Tr- fuck? It's Donald Trump, you know, on, on a fucking horse with a perm. Like, it's crazy. You know, and some of these kings are hilarious. I mean, I think Louis XIV is probably like a Trump. You know, he was probably very, quite funny, you know, or something. I mean, he must kind of know he's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and... um and you see this shit and you're like, no, European culture is not. You don't have to worship this shit. It's crap. But that's what makes it great. You know, uh, Ruben sucks. He's such a fucking he's such a he's such a, you know, perverted old. You, like you said, immediate, like you can tell by the paintings. Mm-hmm. We were not surprised. Like 54 years old. There's a 16 year old pervert. <laughs> Hollywood pervert. Yeah, you said he's a pervert. That's why I looked up the information. Yeah. Pervert. You know. Um, and then, you know, the f- funny thing was he, uh, there was a, there's a, there's a painter I do like a lot, uh, Bruegel, who kind of painted stuff a little bit like um, Bosch did. Mm-hmm. Where, and they kind of remind me of Chinese paintings where um, he would, it's kind of like a Where's Waldo, mm-hmm. where, 
and Bosch does this. Mm-hmm. He paints this really elaborate landscape with like literally like oh. hundreds of people. Oh, I know. And, there, and there's about. all this weird shit going on. Mm-hmm. Like there's a guy with his pants off and he's pissing off the roof. Or there's, you know, there's all sorts of weird shit. And you're, you can, you're just, eye goes all over the canvas looking up weird stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, and he painted just really weird, funny landscapes with hundreds of people in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, he and um, Rubens mm-hmm. apparently teamed up where... Oh, yeah, they crossed over. They crossed over. It was a <laughs> Rubens by Bruegel uh-huh. uh, yeah, I saw crossover. It was like, it was like um, Simpson Bruckheimer. Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, you know, like, uh, you know, they always work together in Hollywood. Uh And so Rubens would paint the main character Uh because he was really good at painting, you know, action people, Uh women with their boobs hanging out or men (laughs) cutting, you know, doing some kind of thing. And then Bruegel would do the background. So you were saying there were a lot of paintings there. It was like Bruegel by... Bruegel and Rubens. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It's a Bruegel's and Rubens production. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, all the people were paying a lot of money for that shit back then. They're like, I'm going to do a Bruegel's and Bruegel's and uh, Rubens is going to do me. <laughs> and then, but then I'm going to be sitting in a Bruegel's landscape. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why, that's why Prado is so fucking good. Cause you don't have to go there and worship. You don't have to go there and worship and, and act like a cultured asshole. You know, you can just go there and just enjoy the pictures. Um, to have your own opinion about it. And enjoy it as entertainment. Uh, if you worship something, you can't enjoy it as entertainment. Because a lot of it is the f- hilarity of like just how ridiculous the artist is and how ridiculous the painting is. Um. So I don't know how we ended up talking about Prada, but it's I love that place. And remember, we got in a fight because you wanted to stay there. I was like, we can't. You were like, I want to see all the paintings. I'm like, there's no way that we've seen maybe, maybe 30% of the paintings today. There, there's no way we're going to see. We have to come back here. I didn't know it was that big. It's huge. There's so many paintings. We have to come back. I thought we already finished walking. Huh? I thought we already finished walking. No, there's on. like two, there's like three floors or whatever. You know? I don't know. It kind of yeah confusing. It's like so many rooms. I guess you, if you really want to see all the painting that you like, you have to do some sort of you know planning yeah. to you know go through all the places. Otherwise, to me, I'm like, wow, it's very overwhelmed. There's like so many rooms. I I think that um, I'll plug the, I'll plug this again, but I do think. The Louvre is not as enjoyable to me in Paris because – nor is the um, British Museum because those seem like – it's like going to church mm-hmm. and worshipping um, these paintings as representatives of this really – you know, we just but, but know, why would high pro- culture. But why would Prado give you the feeling that because, you're enjoying it? I don't know why. I don't well, – is, is, is it because – they actually have a lot of painting very similar to each other. You're like, I'm so tired of it. Well, I think part of it is because I think Spanish painters are more entertaining. Ah. Uh, Spain has always been, I feel like they've. it's always been a little bit more entertaining. For example, like the first novel uh, or like Western novel mm-hmm. uh, came out of Spain, Don Quixote, right? And if you read that, it it, it really is like, you know, like a funny story. 
and it's an entertainment. And I don't know, there's something about Spanish art that is just a little less serious mm-hmm. and more modern, which is why um, I think a lot of the best modern art, like Dali and uh, Picasso mm-hmm. and uh, Bunuel and all these like uh, really, really famous modern artists mm-hmm. came out of Spain. Ah. I feel like Spain has, when in terms of like modern sense, of, I don't know for some reason I feel like Spain is more modern. Mm-hmm. So I can't explain. Pretty modern. It. I mean, you that, can you credit car in there. Yeah, I'm just the artistic sensibility. Uh, Spain is highly underrated, and I think all the other European countries are a little bit overrated. I think Italy is a bit overrated, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Renaissance stuff is amazing, but like people worship it too much. I feel like it's just worshipped and it's not really entertaining the way that Prado. Um, the Prado is just straight up entertaining. Um, like Garden of Earthly Delights. Uh-huh. Well, that's not a, that's a, that's a Flemish paint. That's Dutch, but like it is entertaining. It's an entertaining painting. It's and Bruegel. His paintings are entertaining. It's like a Where's Waldo thing. Like, why is that guy? There's like a peeping Tom staring. You know, there's like there's a there's a guy, there's a guy taking a shit, like in the back of the house. There's you know there's like there's a guy you know, uh, just weird stuff. There's a guy that fell out of a tree or whatever, and it's just like um, it's like a children's book. Okay. And it's just entertaining, and all the paintings in there are just entertaining. Uh, it's like instead of going to a church, it's like going to a cineplex. It's like going to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should go back. Yeah, we we were talking about my that. favorite museum in the world is the Prado. Yeah, maybe next time we can spend like two days. I mm-hmm. think they have like two day tickets. Yeah, but but now I understand why you need two day or three day. Yeah, some people even spend like ten day in there. Yeah. I just read a Chinese article that like ten day. I'm like, yeah, if you really want to go through, you do need to. And also, you. Cannot- I wonder. I wonder if people who do that, honestly, uh-huh. do they see it that way? Do, do, do are they entertained by this or are they worshiping? I don't know. I re- I don't really don't I, know. I need to look it up. I yeah. think they may have some information how they uh, like you know analyzing. I think the true art lovers. Uh-huh. I think they really are entertained by the paintings. I think they really enjoy. I think it really depends on your personality or whether you can make a connection. My, I suspect that because I don't really know much about art, but I would say that if you really look into the history, and remember the Prado itself, like people were painting paintings for the Prado, like it was sort of like a production studio almost. It's not just oh, yeah, a museum, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it started out as like sort of the national. It it, it, it was a place that paid people to paint. You know, and, and oh, it's like a make for Macy that kind of thing. It was like the uh, Columbia Pictures of like painting. You know, ah. or it was like the Fox. It was like the the Fox Universe. You know, Fox whatever whatever it's called, twentieth mm-hmm. century Fox of its day. Okay, it was a it was a studio system. So many paintings, they pay for it. Yeah, and um, and they and so I wonder if people who really love paintings kind of know this aspect of art mm-hmm. european art that it was very commercial and be, became celebrity i mean mm-hmm. like 
big top painters became celebrities, like, you know. Um, and it was very competitive. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like Hollywood. And, um, you know, the the output is kind of like Hollywood. And instead of going and, work, you know, looking at all these um, Passion of Christ paintings and each one of them going, mm, the religious feeling, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know. Look at it as Batman. <laughs> like, this is this is he's rebooted Jesus again. <laughs> it's another Jesus. It's a fucking another Jesus. How many more Jesuses do we need? So, yeah. All right, that was fun. Yeah, from that perspective, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. All right, that was fun. Uh, haven't done an art one in a pod before. Uh, sorry about missing, you know, last couple of weeks we haven't put anything out, but we've been traveling and we've been busy. Mm-hmm. And so we had to take a little break, uh, but we'll be back and I've got some stuff lined up with other people. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do one with Chris that we talked about and uh, probably one with John and Carl and, you know, it'll be fun. Okay. See ya. See ya. See ya.